Welcome back in. Brady Farkas show right here on a Tuesday on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. I want to deviate now from the Red Sox conversation, as fun as that has been so far. Now I want to go to the Patriots, which is a little less fun of a storyline at the moment. The Pats 2-4, and four, losers in overtime the other day to the Dallas Cowboys. And joining us now, the voice of the Pats right here on DEV is Bob Sosi. Bob, how are you? I'm doing great, Brady. Good to be with you. Good to be with you again, as always. Bill Belichick, the coaching staff, in the crosshairs a little bit here, um, you know, in uh, overreaction Monday into overreaction Tuesday. Are they being too conservative? I really didn't like how they handled the end of the first half the other day. Is this criticism fair? Brady, you sure you don't want to talk about the Red Sox? <laughs> <laughs> it is a little bit happier of a, uh, of a pool to be swimming in right now. Well, I think the questions are fair. And, you know, with regards to the criticism, I think it really depends on the situation. And I just got off a of call as we're, we're talking, you and I, with other reporters locally, with Josh McDaniels, the Patriots offensive coordinator. And he was asked a series of questions about fourth down decisions, whether to go for it or not. And as well, that situation you mentioned late in the first half on Sunday against Dallas, the Patriots had used timeouts when it looked like the Cowboys were going to score a touchdown. And then, of course, the Patriots got the ball back. They came up with a stand at the goal line, and they gave themselves an opportunity to have possession in the final minute and a half of that second quarter. And they had the lead at the point that point in the game, and they had possession looming on the other side of halftime. And I think over the course of the last few years, even with Tom Brady, Bill Belichick had started to track more conservative in those situations getting into halftime and regrouping. And I think McDaniel spoke to a number of factors. Number one, in sticking with that for a moment, those decisions are, are, are Belichick's call all the way, uh, as McDaniel's just told us. And he's got to be prepared if he's the, as the offensive play caller you know, for Bill's decision. If he wants to go, they got to be ready to go. But he also was asked a question about the variables. And, and he said, we don't, we don't work off a spreadsheet. It's not like in, in a situation, for example, on fourth down, uh, where some people say, well, you, you give yourself a, a 3% greater win probability by going for it on fourth down. There's so many different factors and what the protection issues have been like and what the personnel on the other side has been like, what are the weather conditions, things of that nature. And I think in some respects, probably that also applies to that late first half decision too on Sunday. What I was thinking as the timeouts were being used is that and I don't want to say Bill Belichick thought the Cowboys were going to score and didn't think his defense could stop them. But I think in anticipating the possibility of a score, maybe you're looking for, okay, we got to get the ball back now. There's an urgency. They just scored. We got to try. We got an opportunity here to double scores in and out of the half and retake the lead. But once the Patriots got that stop, maybe that situation at that point in time, because the Pats had had some trouble starting to protect Mac Jones again. They're having issues on the offensive line. Field position, you're thinking, okay, look, we made it through the half with the lead. Let's go to the third quarter with the ball, and we'll try to build on the lead then. Let's regroup right now and don't do anything that gives Dallas another opportunity. Now, Bill was much uh, more terse in his response to the questions about that situation. But I also think now projecting forward, having said all that, in, in with regards to the fourth down as well, whether it's Tampa Bay or the Cowboys, they're in a, they're in a very precarious spot. The two and four. Now, granted, we've never been in a 17 game NFL season with you know, an extra playoff team in the fold, 
but we're in, an, in, a, in a situation where the Patriots are going up against a, a pretty, <laughs> pretty rigorous schedule. Not coming off the Cowboys, uh, they're, they're going to face the Jets this week. But then, you know, it's out to L.A. against the Chargers. And then you look down the road, you got Cleveland and Carolina on the rise. You got the Titans coming off their run over the Bills. You got the Bills twice. And maybe you have to start rethinking things a bit and being more aggressive down the stretch, particularly when you don't have the margin, uh, the, the, the talent that you used to have. And, and now that gap is a little widened with some teams and maybe you don't have the advantage with others. Whereas in the past you used to, you could manage those games to keep them close. And then eventually the other team makes mistakes, you break it open, or at least you win the close games. Now we're seeing the Patriots while the other team is making mistakes in these close games, make even more mistakes themselves and they're losing these close games. So perhaps down the road, you've got to maybe be a little more aggressive when it comes to those fourth down decisions and try to steal some points that way. You know, Bob, the thing that confuses me and frustrates me about this team is I was ready. I was realistic coming into the season. Like I was ready for them to be two and four potentially. I was ready for them to struggle, but I was ready for the reason to be that they had the rookie quarterback. I was ready for Mac Jones to be the guy that was holding them back. What we've seen is for the most part, a lot of the things that have added to them being two and four are not really his fault. The Nelson Aguilar drop in overtime was huge the other day. The offensive line issues, the blocked punt, these are the things that are getting to them and not Mac Jones, and that's the thing that I wasn't prepared for. Brady, I would agree with you totally. I mean, when you talk about the offensive line, I think you and I have probably discussed this in the past few weeks. One of the factors that I thought Mac Jones was going to inherit as a rookie quarterback that would aid him in his rookie quarterback development would be a strong offensive yes. line. It has been anything but that. It's been unstable. We're seeing guys mix and match. They had to resort to using Isaiah Wynn on Sunday after he had not practiced for a couple of weeks because he was on the COVID reserve list, and he immediately had his struggles. Now, granted, Randy Gregory is a great pass rusher, but nonetheless, that doesn't excuse some of the hits that Jones took in that game, particularly from Gregory, coming off the quarterback's right side in the play-action play on which he fumbled. And, of course, the Patriots squatted a chance to take advantage of a Dallas mistake. And he's very fortunate he was able to rise from that and stay in the game and keep his team in a position to potentially win it. So you look at a situation like that, the offensive line. You look at what you're also, uh, I think, probably alluding to, too, uncharacteristic mistakes, block puns, special teams, that extend into other areas like personnel usage, mm -hmm. a timeout wasted in the second half defensively, after you had trouble getting personnel on the field in the previous snap and, and guys weren't ready. Matt Judon's buckling up his chin strap as the quarterback Prescott is actually taking the snap and, and, and the Cowboys are executing their play. Those are the things you did not expect from this team. And now when you look back and you see the loss to Miami, the way it unfolded, and you see where the Dolphins are today, you look at the Saints. They lose to the Giants at home the following week. Uh, you look at the last two losses for the Patriots against Tampa Bay and Dallas, both very strong opponents. But also the, the Bucks were certainly off their game coming into Foxborough. Brady certainly was. And the Cowboys made such a rash of mistakes to keep the Patriots in that game in some respects, but also open the door to a possible victory. You know, those are the things that are really, I think, hard to digest where they are right now, two and four. And Matt Jones has been not the least of their, you know, he, he's had his troubles too. Uh, you know, this is not to say he's been flawless, but he has been among the least of their concerns.
Bob Sosi, voice of the Patriots, with us here as he is every Tuesday on the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV, AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. You know, my criticism of Bill Belichick is, as I said, the end of the first half handling. But And I heard Phil Perry talking about this, and it really kind of illuminated my eyes to it. The, 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 the actives and inactives for the game seemed curious on Sunday. You're playing a team in Dallas with all the weapons and all the wide receivers and the great tight end usage as well, all the guys that can catch passes. And Joe Williams is inactive. And Miles Bryant's not brought up from the practice squad. And you saw as the game went on, the DBs were tired and they were injured. And the Patriots were left with a bunch of linebackers on the field and a bunch of linebackers who were active. I didn't get that. Did you guys make note of that during the game? You know, it's interesting, Brady, because I think that you have, you have again, a couple of different things at play here. Number one, there's the decision. People always say, who will Belichick take away? He's known as a defensive coordinator and as a head coach for prioritizing option A on the offense. We're going to take him out of this game. We're not going to let him beat us. Or option B on the offense. We're not going to let him beat us. And I think with the Cowboys, there is that predicament. Do you focus on stopping Zeke and that running game? And Pollard is very good back there, too, behind that offensive line. He came in. You know, both of them, Pollard and Elliott, 300-yard rushers, and Pollard was mm-hmm. the league, league leader in average yards per carry, or do you make stopping Prescott your priority? And I think not necessarily saying that the Patriots tried to shut down Elliott and and you know force Prescott to beat them because they blitzed him a lot. They, they blitzed in that game more than they had previously, and they, they paid a steep price, particularly, you know, they used a lot of cover one coverage, and they paid a steep price. So I, th- I that's understood. You know, I think that in that game, I think they tried they they, they tried to, to to play both. And when it comes to personnel in the secondary, they're really beat up. They had, and Gilmore wouldn't have been available anyway. But nonetheless, you know, you look at that secondary, and then you see a guy like Juwan Williams down, and you see Miles Bryant back on you know staying on the practice squad, and then you try to match up with those Cowboy receivers. And I think you get a full appreciation when you watch guys like Wilson, as well as even Noah Brown, you know, one of the, the touches that he had in the game, an explosive play. And you see the kind of athletes they had to match up with across the board in that offense, not to mention the tight ends and the two backs coming out of the backfield. You realize right now what a disadvantage in a lot of cases the Patriots are at, even when they're at full strength, given their personnel. Without Stefan Gilmore, if he you know, were in the, in, the, in the Patriots, you know, plans for the future, but he, well, he's not even here, but... You know, so they would have a tough time matching up with that team. And now you're trying to match up with them, as you've noted, you know, without a couple of cornerbacks who are either still in the practice squad or inactive. And I can certainly understand, you know, why people would have an issue with that. And Mike Reese wrote about it as well in the Sunday Notebook. And it, and it certainly does raise questions. The other thing it does to me is it, it's another it's another indicator, more evidence of a, a real problem this team has from some of the recent draft classes. I'm very encouraged mm-hmm. by the 2020 class, the 2021 class, but there you had Nikhil Harry again, and I'm not trying to beat up on him. He's, he's an easy target and, and, and people really, you know, have, have gotten all their shots in against Nikhil Harry the last few years, but a lot of cases, you know, the criticism is validated as, and, and he didn't have any, any real role in the passing game on Sunday. Did as a blocker, gives you good effort, but, you know, first round pick can't move in motion on cue. Mac Jones has to waste a snap deep in Dallas territory and throw the ball out of bounds. But then again, you get no production out of him in the passing game as well. And then there's the second round pick who you mentioned, Jawan Williams. The Patriots traded up 
in the second round to get him in 2019. And this is a second game now in three weeks against high-powered passing teams that this tall cornerback was inactive, a healthy scratch. And he did not play well, gave up a couple of long balls in Houston against pretty much pedestrian receivers. And you, and you look at that Cowboy talent, which I, I referenced, and you say, but Juwan Williams, you know, if he were the player the Patriots hoped and planned him for him to be, he would be a good matchup. Mm-hmm. He's he's a bigger cornerback, and he was a healthy scratch. And then there was Chase Winovich, again, a guy who has had uh, very little activity uh, this season from his position and, and had played very few snaps the week before in Houston and then got hurt as well. And there's another pick from that 19 draft. I'm still upset about Duke Dawson from like five years ago I, who didn't well, work out. I mean, you know, there, 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 there are a lot. I mean, the Jordan Richards, uh, the Tavon Wilsons. I mean, those second-round picks – when you look back, particularly in the defensive backfield, and I and, and I'm not one of those guys that is 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 beat that drum. So you know, I, I don't want to suggest that. You know, I think it has been all doom and gloom over the course of the last eight to ten years. But I do think that you know there there have been issues that didn't re, didn't really show themselves as much in the recent past because the Patriots had enough talent. They had Tom Brady. But now, again, they are often the less talented team, or at least too often the less talented team, particularly when they're playing against other Super Bowl. Well, I shouldn't say other. When they're playing <laughs> against teams that we think are, you know, definite playoff contenders and possible Super Bowl contenders. Well, I can't leave the Patriots. Here we are, middle of October, almost end of October, and the Patriots are winless at home. They're going to try to uh, figure that out on Sunday against the Jets. We'll have it for you on WDEV. Bob Sosie will be on the call. Bob? 30 seconds we got here. Uh, Red Sox or Astros tonight in game four? Brady, the, the way the Astros pitching has been, oh. how can we go against the Red I Sox? Know. I, you know, the, the Patriots were looking to have a strong start on Sunday. Josh McDaniels told us that was a focal point. And they got out to a good start. They stopped Dallas on fourth and short. They got the ball back and they scored a touchdown. But they could really use an offensive explosion the way the, <laughs> the Red Sox have generated in, in their first turn at the flight these last oh, two man. games. It's been amazing. Been amazing. We will have the coverage for you of that game tonight right here on DEV beginning at 7.08 with the pregame show. Bob, we appreciate the time. Look forward to hearing you and Zoe again on Sunday. Thank you, Brady.